And welcome back to another episode of Sports Ball Go. And Puck. That's right. We can't forget about hockey. As always, I'm your host, Julian Mall. And as you heard before, sports analyst, senior, Brian, sports, senior analyst. sports analyst, Brian Mose. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really excited about this show. I feel like it's a, it's a step in a new direction for we, us. We uh, are. We're going in quite a bit of a new direction. We'll, we'll talk about it more later on. I'll but bring it up here in a minute. Especially like... In terms of like future plans, obviously nothing set in stone, but I'm really excited about where the show is going. So I'm happy to be here, Jules. It's uh, it's gonna be a very, very be a very malleable show within the next couple months. Which that's a five dollar uh, word right there. It, it's gonna. That's a five dollar. Give this guy the dollar. We're gonna have a fun show for you guys today, and uh, in the next upcoming weeks, as we're gonna be changing a lot of stuff, adding new stuff, taking some out, making it more enjoyable, yeah. making it more, you know. Uh, listener friendly, so everybody at home can necessarily uh, get what's going on. You know, obviously, well, and we also want to extend our reach too. Yeah, so we want to extend our reach. I think in the next couple months here, we're going to want to start doing some uh, uh, branching shows, basically just kind of breakdowns of stuff, little half-hour shows, not necessarily the whole crew. Adding some people in, taking some people out. We'll see the yeah. direction it goes, but. Everybody that listens on a daily, thank you so much for always being our listeners, and we can, we do it because of you. I mean, we have no gain from this. We're just, as I'm of, not making money. As of today, we are just four college students that are talking about sports and having fun. I'm gonna go over to co-host though, Kyle Ginsbach. Kyle, how you doing today? I'm good. It's the last episode of co-host Kyle, probably. <laughs> it, it is. We're gonna be stripping some titles and adding some new ones. But yeah, that's why I wanted to hold on to senior sports analyst so so badly. I, I do want to ask you though, Kyle, are you excited for the direction our show is going? Dude, I am I am pumped. I am I know we're gonna introduce Alex here in a second, but oh it's it's good to have Alex on board. It's it's good to get everything going. Maybe take some uh burden off of everyone's shoulders all at once. Yeah, yeah. it's Adding adding a fourth person is gonna be fun because I, I mean I'll be honest I wasn't doing much prep work for the show well, you, you two were mainly doing all the tech stuff well so I think I think the one thing I thought of when it's like do we want to add Alex to the show was we wanted to record hour long podcasts and not a single one's been less than an hour ten minutes yeah which not a huge window to go over but when you're listening to a sports podcast it's like all right wrap it up boys it. let's get let's get over but we try to keep it interesting so we're trying to up the show a bunch since we're adding another voice to uh, make it still so everybody's heard but so hopefully we still keep it under our hour but with that we are adding our fourth voice of sports ball go and puck sorry brian i stole it from no, you No, it's fine that works alex fern alex why don't you do your, your uh, whole intro say hi to the people at home and tell us a little about yourself all right, people. My name is Alexander Fern. I'm from uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. I came up to St. Cloud State. Mass comm major, so I feel like all, yes, four, sir. Of us, all four of us are just up here vibing right now. Can't uh, do math, but we can talk a lot. You can follow me on Twitter, at Alex in the booth. Oh, the plug, the plug. Yeah, everything's just the same. I'm, I'm, I'm up here just having a lot of fun with you boys. I mean, we rented out an apartment yesterday, so yeah. that'll be a... Hey, if we blow up, we can just... We can uh, we can pay the state view apartment next year. <laughs> oh goodness! But yeah, that's it's about me. I'm just doing some broadcasting, just vibing and talking sports, and getting yelled at for talking about Nebraska too much. But that's that's about all I'm. Yeah, doing. I mean, Alex brings a little bit of a different voice for us. Uh, Nebraska yeah. football is his thing. Up, uh, Nashville Predators, Denver Broncos, Chicago Cubs, and um, LeBron, whatever team LeBron is currently yeah. on. So yeah, I mean. 
God, everyone you, else sitting here is either a Minnesota homer or a Wisconsin homer. So, did you hear that little intro he did? Kids it's of good. beauty. Yeah, that's fucking. Plug, dude, we found ourselves a plug, gem, boys. Kids a rock star. Plugged his own socials. I don't even know if we've done that on oh, the show's goodness. socials before. Speaking of the so- show's socials, we never use them, but if you want to go follow them, sports ball go and puck pretty much on everything and anything you can think of other than Facebook. Uh, we're going to start trying to use that a little bit more. We are trying to get some videos so we can add some fun content to socials. But wherever you can, type in a username. You can most likely find us there. It's a link. There's a link tree out there, too. We do have a link tree. If you, you can pretty much find it in any of our socials, too. Plus, yeah. we post weekly when we post. But, obviously, you're not here to listen to us babble on about sports. You're here. Well, actually, you are here to listen to us babble <laughs> on about sports. So we'll get to it. Uh, right away, we are getting into some news. Today's date is January 17th, Monday, at roughly about 7.50 p.m. We're going to be with you guys for about the next hour, and we're going to have some fun. We're on episode 10 of season one. I don't think we've quite chosen our season format of when we want it to change. Obviously, it's sports, but uh, with all maybe, four. Maybe season two is something we look to do. Once we uh, get some upgrades to the show, yeah, possibly. So maybe, yeah. maybe maybe we kick off season two with video is what we plan to do. Or like yeah, that, either or that. It would be cool to keep it sports-related, like MLB season starts, something like that. But yeah, either that or when we uh, when we start fall semester in 2022. Yeah. So we have some options. So we'll, uh, we'll see where it happens. Maybe we just say one season every year since we plan on doing this for the next 50 years. So with that, oh we're going to get in some news right away. Imagine how bad our takes are going to age. Oh, God. You know what? Honestly, the, uh, before we get into news, we are going to go over the show today is going to be changing up a little bit. We do have a breakdown of three periods. Unfortunately, our game is out the window today, but it will be back next week. Still but got the cup, baby. Brian does hold it. I mean, it wouldn't have changed anyway if we played or we didn't play. So it Unbelievable. <laughs> but next week when we get back our normal show, the new por- format will be obviously the f- about first 10, 15 minutes. We're going to call our ga- pre-game, pre-game warm-up. We're just going to go through, do the same thing we do every day. And then we're going to break it into period one, period two, and period three. All three different segments, topics that are brought to the table, and all of us mostly discussed, mostly between Brian, Alex, and Kyle. Now that uh, Alex has joined in the show, we all decided that uh, there's some new titles and some of them are kind of the same, so being stripped mostly. So Brian, Alex, and Kyle will all be known as sports analysts. Brian is sadly getting stripped of senior sports analyst. Hey, uh, in terms of the collective good, it's fine. As long as I can hold that title for this last week, uh, I'm all good with that. But I'm excited to have, like, a panel. You know, I think that'll be really fun. It'll be nice. And Kyle, sadly, as he mentioned, this will most no likely be his last week of co-host. But he will still be doing all the amazing behind-the-mic work that he does already. Uh, listen, I, I'm still the emergency host as far as I'm concerned. Oh, of course. Although I don't really want that happening anytime secondary, soon. Secondary voice of uh, SB. BGP. And then, obviously, we will end the show with our game, Who the Puck Is That? We'll call it overtime. As well, at the end of every period, we are adding a new little fun soundboard. It's going to be a little bit of a foghorn. It's going to kick off, or it's going to end each period. So, with that, I'm going to dive us straight into the news. Drop the puck, per se. Drop the puck, per se. Thank you so much, Kyle. We're going to have some news and recaps uh, big news in the stuff that's happened in the past week and a half is a lot of firings in the NFL. Dolphins fire head coach Brian Flores. In the past two years, Brian Flores has actually had uh, one of the best coaching records. Actually, I believe tied with second or third place for best coaching record in the NFL. Interesting fire. 
there was a little bit of news in between. Uh, he possibly didn't want the Dolphins' current starting quarterback, Tanga, Tanga, Tua Tango Vailoa. Uh, disagreed with the Dolphins drafting him when he did when they did, and just doesn't like the kid whatsoever. Although it seems to be that Tua is a growing factor on that team, and seems to be everybody's comeback kid and very enjoyable to watch for sure especially being a lefty quarterback but at the same time the struggle with being a head coach and coming up with lots of things to run an offense based off of a left-handed quarterback definitely is something to think about maybe just something Brian Flores couldn't handle and the Dolphins decided it is a move from them on top of that Vic Fangio uh, from the Broncos was let go Alex Alex uh is being the Broncos fan, he was, I believe, was very was, happy is. about that. Was, is, thank you. <laughs> and the Vikings moving on from GM Rick Spielman and head coach Mike Zimmer both parted with the team the after the last game of the season against the Bears. Uh, I did read something that said within the closing month of both of their jobs being in Minnesota, it seemed they had no connection and didn't talk whatsoever. Uh, said Mike Zimmer, and the Mike Mayock, GM of the uh, was it's the, the Raiders, Raiders correct? Yes. Thank Vegas you. Vegas Raiders. Vegas Raiders is moving on. Was fired uh, just after their playoff loss to the Bengals. Uh, Thank you. And then, of course, the Giants moving on from their head coach Joe Judge. No surprise there. Very. <laughs> Uh, lackluster season, to say the least. Uh, probably a lot worse than lackluster as well. Uh, as well, some other news. Timo Mayer scored five goals in one game. As quick, quick correction for you, Jules. Meyer. Meyer, thank you. Yeah. Timo Meyer scored five goals in a game as the Sharks beat, Sharks beat the Kings 6-2. to two. The Sharks? Sharks, yeah. Uh, that might as well be that. They're, they're looking like some sharks right now. <laughs> I mean, not Timo, though. Worded in incorrectly, but correctly, I guess if you want to say. And NHL All-Star rosters were announced in the past week with captain being Alex Ovechkin, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, and Nathan McKinnon. What a four names to read together as captains. Should have been Kadri. I agree with that. Well, I mean, it's fine. I think... I think we it's were. A, we're gonna. A, I guess we can kind of talk about pop, it. It's a popular very quickly contest, now, but, but yeah. And but. then, uh, Alex, I believe you have something to say about this. It's just a travesty that Roman Yossi wasn't with oh the All Star game. That's all I have oh to say. Oh my god, Brian, you not uh, you not like that? Well, I guess my my biggest gripe with the NHL All Star game is that every single, yeah. like every single team sends a player. Um, not that I hate Rasmus Stalin or Kate or. Uh, excuse me, Clayton Keller by any means, but I don't know if they're all stars per se. And I think Jordan Eberle made like I don't think Jordan. I don't think Eberle's an all star either. So it's just really difficult to, it's really difficult to kind of justify the way that the NFL has their selection process because guys like Roman Yossi should probably be in just off of production. You can get into kind of semantics and debate about how good he is as a defenseman compared to guys like Makar or Brodeen or Jones or whoever you. I'm forgetting players like Hedman and all those guys, but. Like, there's no avenue for some of these guys. Like, I think we're all assuming. I'm. I think we're all assuming that Crosby declined going to the All Star game, right? 
I mean, Jari's not getting there by himself. Like Crosby Did has someone, to decline. Um, what's his What's his? I am blanking on a name. Who do the Penguins send? You guys talk quickly. Tris, Tristan Jari is being sent, and then There's Jake Gunsel is the last man. Yeah, well, Gunsel deserved to be in. No, and I'm just saying that if it's not if it's not Gino and it's not Crosby, then I'm assuming they decline the invitation. Nothing against. Uh, Gensel or Jari, but the way that the NHL picks their all-star game is really, really flawed. I get that they want everybody from all markets to watch, but I kind of get the feeling that you're either going to watch the all-star game or you're not. The all-star game is not a very great, you know, whatever for in terms of quality. I mean, if we just want to keep looking at names that are on there, like I don't think Claude Giroux has been an all-star this year either. No. Um, I, I I I don't think Chris Kreider's really been playing all that well either, but I'm fine. It's it's Adam Fox's. Uh, I mean, Kreider has the most goals out of, out of I think of the Rangers. So, I mean, I get it. It's just I don't know. Like especially like Jason Robertson being a last man in. Like, like Je- Jesper Bratt. Like really, yeah. do we need Jesper Bratt in the All Star game? So, but we've uh, we've done the thing now that news shouldn't be, and that's debate over it. So, Julian, I want to give the floor yeah, back to you. I'm gonna pull it back from you guys, but we are gonna end with news, and we're gonna go into a quick game recap. We are just slightly touching, and by slightly, I mean I'm just going to dive in a little bit, on NFL only being that the last game of Wild Card Weekend is tonight, Cardinals-Rams, which Rams are currently up 7-0, to and we are into the second quarter as of right now. But we're going to go through each game and just going to riddle off some stats from it. Bengals beat the Raiders 26-19. Passing leader for the day was Derek Carr, 310 yards and a touchdown. Rushing leader Josh Jacobs, 83 yards and 13 carries. And receiving leader for the game was Jamar Chase with 116 yards on nine receptions. Which, honestly, anything over 100 yards with not even 10 receptions. just Well, also, too, the fact that Joe Burrow wasn't the leading uh, passer. I think that makes that sense. Mixon did have a better a day on the ground. No, so. but in terms of leading receiver, like that's pretty crazy to have the quarterback that out of the two did not perform the best in terms of yardage. Now I'm not saying that Carr played better than Burrow, but Jamar Chase had a fantastic, fantastic uh, first playoff game. And then, as we were all hoping, the Bills absolutely embarrassing the Patriots, 47 to 17. Josh Allen, 308 yards. Five touchdowns. Devin Singletary, 81 yards. 16 carries, two touchdowns. Dawson Knox reading the reception, leading the reception game. Five receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns. The Bills having a quote-unquote first-ever perfect game. Seven total touchdowns, no turnovers, no punts, no field goals. Although, can you call it a perfect game if there were two missed extra points? Not necessarily up for us to decide. It's I, the best game that we've seen from an offense, probably in NFL history. For sure. In terms of efficiency. Especially in a playoff game. Yeah. So. And then we have the Eagles lying dead on the floor underneath the Buccaneers on this season. Buccaneers pull off a 31-15 to victory. Tom Brady, 271 yards, two touchdowns. And... Uh, Excuse me if I say this wrong, but uh, Keyshawn Vaughn uh, on the day with 53 yards, 17 attempts, and one rushing touchdown. And then we also have Mike Evans, nine receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Another receiver with less than 10 and more than 100. And then the amazing San Francisco 49ers beating... Not America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, 23-17. to Dak Prescott did lead the game, though, 254 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell, 96 yards on 27 carries and a touchdown. And Dalton Schultz, 
I believe it's Dalton, correct? Dalton Schultz, seven receptions, 89 yards. Story of that game was probably the last 10 seconds of the game. Uh, Cowboys take a snap and... Uh, Run a QB draw, right? QB yeah. draw. Uh, Dak Prescott uh, took his slide with about eight seconds left on the clock. Everybody got set, and uh, the center failed to hand the ball to the referee. Referee necessarily wasn't at the best point or best spot where he could be in time, but don't run a play that relies on a 50-year-old man to run a 4-2-40. It was also possibly said that Mike McCarthy might be moving on from Dallas after that play had happened. Just in general, uh, you're forgetting something important from that game, Julian, and that would be Dak Prescott is your MVP. That actually is uh, amazing. With, As what, 87% of the vote to Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott was the Nickelodeon mo uh, Nickelodeon valuable I, player it's, of the it's game. It's worded weird. It's, I don't know. it's worded weird. Uh, Nickelodeon recently has been doing coverage of NFL uh, NFL playoff games. They do a one, I think. Just one wild card. Just one wild card. Although a Nickelodeon Super Bowl would be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty fun to watch. Uh <laughs> But it is also a popularity contest that the public votes on. And well, it's also Twitter trolling, too. Like, yeah. people who are voting for Dak aren't really taking it serious. They're just voting for the losing quarterback like they did with Trubisky last year. Yeah. So, on top of that, we also do have the Chiefs answering everybody's prayers, beating the Steelers 42-21. to Patrick Mahomes with 404 yards, five touchdowns. Jarek McKinnon, former Vikings legend, leading the game <laughs> with 61 rushing yards, 12 carries. And Travis Kelsey, five receptions, 108 yards, and one touchdown. So that's five, that's three receivers this week with less than uh, 10 catches with 100-plus yards. Deep threats are crazy. I mean, it's, it's, insane. it's wild. Did you see the Kelsey mother in the morning went to – or I'm sorry, yeah, in the morning was in Tampa uh, with her half-and-half half Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey jersey on. Mm-hmm. Flew to Tampa to watch her son, uh, Jason Kelsey, who is the center for the Eagles play. And then after her flight was delayed to Kansas City, uh, then made it there on time, but then watched her son have heck of a night. Uh, and sadly, both children did not move on. But if Jason, Jason Kittle Tra- could have... Travis is on the Chiefs, Jules. I said both children. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm if sorry. Jason Kittle could have, like, just... Jason Kittle. Er, sorry, Jason Kelsey. Thank you, Kyle. If you could just move on from the Eagles and just like to go be on the Buccaneers. I mean, he is one of the best. I mean, they already have Marpet. They uh, already yeah, the Bucks already have Marpet. One so of the better so. centers. But hey, uh, if he wants to come to the Vikings, I am cool with uh, Bradbury either not playing center or switching to guard. So that sounds nice to me. But uh, and as I just said, Rams as of right now are up on the Cardinals seven to zero, and the Rams are, score too. are on, on the, the goal five line. yard line of uh, Arizona. Arizona. So we'll see what happens there. We'll keep you updated throughout the show on the game. Obviously, you'll already know the outcome, but we won't. So we want to talk about it. And uh, with that, we're actually going to start off the first period of the show, and with. Probably a segment that's not necessarily super energetic, but we're all going to talk, not necessarily me as much, but Brian, Alex, Kyle are going to talk on Let's Talk. We've got three topics they're going to talk about. It's just going to be around the horn style. Everybody's going to say their piece, and we'll move on to the next one. First topic of Let's Talk is college basketball top five as of right now. Brian, Kyle, then Alex. Well, uh, I think... Your number one is probably Auburn. 
Uh, it's really, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I like Gonzaga, don't get me wrong, but it's really hard to justify putting a, putting them up there when they have similar resumes. Auburn has one more ranked win, and they beat the Bama team that beat Gonzaga. I know that it's not a perfect science to compare the head-to-head, but this early in the season, that's all you have right now. Uh, the fact that a AP, or not an AP writer, but somebody who was involved with the AP poll ranked Auburn at nine, which screwed them out of getting the number one seed, I think is a travesty. Uh, I think Auburn's the number one team. Gonzaga's a close second. And honestly, I don't know if Purdue is top five per se, but you got to put Scani up there, in my opinion. I don't know if you put him three, four, or five, but Scani needs to be up there. Scani's playing a really tough schedule, Scani being Wisconsin. My apologies. Uh, Wisconsin has a budding superstar in Johnny Davis. Uh, I think Wisconsin's a slam dunk top five team. Uh, in terms of how you want to fill the rest of it out, I think Arizona should be up for consideration. It's fun for me to make fun of Baylor uh, since they lost two uh, home court games this week, but Baylor's still a really talented team on the defensive side of the ball. So if you want to sort those teams out, however, you know, you can do that. I think Duke should be in consideration too for that top five spot. Um, I don't know who else I'm missing per se uh, in terms of other teams involved. I know Kansas is up there. I don't really buy Kansas this year. I'll be 100% honest with you. UCLA's on their way back up and up U- again. UCLA is kind of up they there. They just dropped six spots. Though. Yeah, it's difficult to kind of rank teams right now. Um, so I don't envy the writer's position by any means, but uh, I think I think your biggest – for me, I think Scotty's a slam dunk top five team, which I think is kind of stupid that they're not in there. But I'd agree with the that. Main, the main sort of splitting hairs is Purdue and Duke for me. It kind of depends on who you want to put in the top five in that case. And if you put Purdue in – you have a case because if you're putting Scani up there that high, then Purdue lost to a quality basketball team. I think from I mean I agree with the whole Auburn Gonzaga argument. I, don't, I Auburn the most wins in college basketball right now. Well, yeah, and I'm not saying that Gonzaga can't be a number one, but oh yeah, I yeah, Auburn's Gonzaga is right a, now. a very good basketball team. But yeah, we are talking currently. I I don't buy Arizona right now. They they've played two ranked teams and they're one and one. That's their only loss. I don't buy it. I need to see more. But then at the same time, I, if you consider Scani, Wisconsin, you know, a slam a slam dunk, like Brian would say, I, I don't know how you should rank Purdue or even Houston, per se. I think even to me, he, 10 for Houston right now seems a little low. I know Brian will say that they can't score, which in a sense is true compared to, like, the Kansases and Dukes. In that a are sense. Up. It's point blank, Kyle. And they can't score. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's Houston. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just they have a, they have a very hard ceiling. In my opinion, so I think my, I, if I if I had the gun to my head right now, top five, I think Auburn, Gonzaga, Wisconsin, Duke, and Baylor. I think you kick Purdue and Houston out just because if you're gonna put Wisconsin up there, and if you have Wisconsin at three, like I am, I think you knock them down. But and no Arizona too for you, right? No Arizona. I I need to see more. Maybe another. Just I don't know when they play a ranked opponent next. I can quickly look. The twenty fifth, they play UCLA. So. That'll be their test. And Arizona's got some length and speed. They actually uh, play UCLA twice in the uh, same week. so Oh, that's huge. That'll be interesting. They have uh, games in against USC coming up. That's another ranked team right now. So Got a game against Stanford on Thursday. but Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It Maybe it's just part of the conference that they play in. Yeah. Some of the comp- I mean, some of their non-conference games, like they were playing North Dakota State and Northern Air. Like, that's not their fault. They beat up on them. They they did what they had to. They beat Michigan, didn't they? Had, they? Yeah, eighty to sixty two. They beat Michigan. I remember Michigan. watching that game. Yeah. Uh, Michigan has fallen. I think they've fallen pretty far. I don't even think they're receiving any kind of votes anymore. No. Nope. Um, they have a a good win over Illinois, but uh, a bad win or a bad win, a bad loss over Tennessee. So I don't know if 
I mean, the 14-1 and one record, it looks nice. Uh, they are, I think they're one of the two, three one-loss teams left. Right, no one's undefeated anymore. Yeah, no one's undefeated, but uh, Arizona is one loss. Auburn is one, one loss. loss. Uh, and then outside of that, there's nobody else in the top 25 poll. So is Tennessee a bad loss for you, even though they're 24th? In the, or are you saying that the loss was a blowout? It wasn't a blowout. They lost by four, but Tennessee's 11-5. and five. I haven't They're 24th, though. They've yeah. played a tough schedule. Yeah, so, so I mean, it maybe it's... But if, if you want to yeah. put them at three, the loss to a number twenty-four team in only your oh, second yeah. game against a ranked opponent. In my know, top five, Arizona's five. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't look good. They last. They their last game. They lost to Kentucky by a score of one hundred seven to seventy-nine on Saturday. So that's a pretty like. I, I guess another team I, lost I, against a team that's really good though Kentucky. in in Kentucky. So a team I do quickly want to mention just because I've heard some rumblings about it. Xavier, uh, they're thirteen and three. I I've heard some rumblings about them being quality this year. I. I haven't looked at any of their schedule. And you know who they can thank for the players on their team? Gophers head coach Ben Johnson. <laughs> uh, I am by no means a Gophers fan. I think anybody who's listened to this uh, pod knows that. But, man, uh, Johnson recruited some some good kids to Xavier in terms of putting a good basketball team out on the floor. So Xavier might be dangerous to come tourney time. I mean, yeah, that's just their program, too. They're oh, always yeah, Xavier's quality. Yeah, Xavier's always in that teams. mix at some point. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Goodness <laughs> gracious. It's all good. What do you have a certified top five, Alex, or are you not hundred uh, percent sure? You guys have basically touched on everything right now. Although I, I'm, I'm going to keep Auburn at number one since they've only lost one game. So I'm going to, I'm just going to give you my quick top five, and we'll move on. So I'm just going to go Auburn, Gonzaga. I'm going to go Baylor three, after two home court losses in the same week. Basketball is a very, very weird sport in that sense. Where I mean, I guess. I guess for me, if for me I have Baylor at four. So if you catch a team on an off night where they're just not shooting well, then you have a chance to to win. I mean, well, and I'm also discounting the fact that they play in the Big Twelve, which is probably the hardest basketball conference in terms of a night to night basis. I know Big Ten has really it's good. Ta- it's taken a step back this year. I, oh yeah, I no, I'm not saying that. But in terms of atmosphere, like I don't want to play Bob Huggins' West Virginia squad on a Tuesday yeah, night. Exactly. Be, that's not that's not ideal for me. So I'm gonna go Auburn, Gonzaga, Baylor, Wisconsin, and I'm gonna end off with. Duke as my top five. Somebody put some respect on Davidson. They're only receiving 34 votes. Steph when, uh, Curry's alma mater. Da- Davidson's like what, 14 and two or something, and they, I think they beat Al- Alabama. Oh wait, Alabama. Steph Curry went they, to. Date. They've lost what four? They of the went last to Davidson. Five, right? Has Alabama? What is it? Four of the last five Alabamas. Yeah, lost. they've been falling off. They've been struggling yeah, a little Alabama bit. Alabama started like up high in the rankings. Also, and then Google all of a still went down. Google still does not have a picture for Davidson after they beat Alabama, which was ranked at the time. That was a ranked opponent. Uh, so somebody put some respect on Davidson's name. I do quickly want to put some respect on another non-ranked team. Oregon had a pretty big week this week. Uh, they upset UCLA and yep. uh, USC back-to-back games, and they won the rivalry game against Oregon State. So that, that means something to them more than it means something to us. Well, the biggest thing for Oregon is just bouncing back. Like That yeah. was a quality team that we saw last year in the tournament. They retained some of those guys. Obviously, I think Chris Duarte is a huge loss for him. He's balling out on the Pacers. right? Well, maybe not balling out, but he's had some good games on the Pacers at the next level. Hey, I mean, once you get up to 24 years old, it's like, hey, either go to the NBA, NBA or uh, get a career <laughs> outside of basketball. Uh, Unless so you're at BYU, then you just stay at that school forever. So. <laughs> it's a little bit of shade at BYU. So, I mean, I think for Oregon, it's just more about returning to form. I think the Pac-12, in terms of uh, being dangerous in the tournament, I think last year proved that teams shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't just look over the Pac-12. I know you and me, Kyle, personally, didn't really take the Pac-12 that seriously outside no. of USC, um, and we were proven very wrong uh very quickly on that so uh should be interesting i am looking i do have oregon's schedule pulled up here yeah um they have like 40 point uh, 30 point losses to byu and houston uh early in the season yeah uh so 
Well, that's I, what I mean I by mean, a return to form. Yeah, like I, I like Brian said, I'm I haven't watched many Baylor basketball games this year. They don't score though. But it's with, just so weird. But with scores like that, you have to assume that's just two different teams showing up on different days. Well, and with Baylor too, it's a very balanced. Uh, spread out a pr- like what EJ Ledger and we're we're bouncing around different teams here so apologies yeah. but in terms of focusing on Baylor I think their top guy only averages like 13 and a half points per game something like that so I think it listen their defense is great but in terms of tournament uh, I know defense is important and Baylor won by playing heavy guard defense or playing good defense at the guard spot against guys like Jalen Suggs and and those guys running through the tournament, like even Wisconsin, Baylor locked up your guys' guards. Like yep. that's just that's just what happened. Chucky Hepburn, baby. <laughs> so for Baylor, I think it's more of just a wait and see with their offense. Like, is there going to be a, a a score that can emerge? Because you need three point shooting to win tournament games. I get that you can have cold nights, but you need to have consistent three point shooting and solid defense to win tournament games. It's a lot to win six straight basketball games. Like it, it's difficult. So I don't I don't know if I buy Baylor per se. And that, I guess that's just my two cents on it. I, I mean, they might be in the top five for me. Maybe I've talked myself out of Baylor and just put Duke in, you know. Uh, so it's difficult. I, I understand. That it's hard to forget the what, the last nine weeks that Baylor was. It felt like they were a top five team. It's oh, hard yeah. to forget. And they were that, beating teams like Iowa State who were really good. Yeah. So, I mean, it, college basketball is so much fun. Uh, it's a crapshoot at the top. So, I'm just so excited for the tournament this year, and, w- and we'll get more into yeah, it. Maybe, as maybe the we'll look goes back on. and laugh after Wisconsin loses to Northwestern this week and be like, "Don't what say were that." We thinking? Come on, I love Johnny Davis. <laughs> I think are we good? Are we good? We yeah. are good. We are going to go on to topic number two for Let's Talk. I'm glad you guys had a little bit of fun there talking about college. We are going to switch the sport and switch the league. Right now, we're going to NFL. As of right now, Cardinals and Rams still playing after Wild Card Weekend. Who is your Super Bowl matchup right now, Kyle? Alex Bryan. I'm going to be honest. I've talked myself out of the Packers losing the NFC Championship game, and maybe that's just the Packers fan in me just really wanting them to win. I don't know. I think if the Bucks lose next week, I, I can't not pick the Packers. I don't – Rams, Cardinals, I don't care who they're playing. If they lose, they lose. Uh, I know some people right now are saying that the 49ers is a trap game for the Packers. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Uh, just a question, not to interrupt you, because I know we're not supposed to. But it's all good. Uh, what is the Packers' run defense like this year? The run defense is solid, and getting Zadarius Smith back really helps. Um, yeah, you guys are getting a lot of players back off of injury for this next game. I think uh, Bakhtiari's coming back, too. Because I was going to say, with Mike McDaniel as the 49ers' offensive coordinator and with guys like Debo Samuel in that running back room, um, obviously Debo's not a running back, so I don't mean to get it twisted. But the way that they the way that they set up the run, especially out of like shotgun looks and everything, I think that could be dangerous. But I don't know if the Niners are going to win in Lambeau. Uh, just to answer your question, Packers are twelfth in run defense this year. So that's top so half. So it's up there, yeah, and I know people would probably consider their secondary better, especially if you're getting Jair oh, yeah. Alexander oh, back. Yeah. So I it I know what we we've been saying a lot on the show is that the Packers just they can't win in the NFC Championship game. We don't care about rankings. We don't care about players. We're just going to pick them to lose. I'm I don't know. I, maybe I'm just trying to be a little, not trying to be a wishful homer thinking. and being a homer whatever it is yeah wishful thinking thank you alex no problem i'm picking the packers and i know we've been talking about this a lot but the bills looked really good against the patriots they yeah. look like they can stop the chiefs they they look like they, they can stop the titans so i'm gonna go bills I, i'm not really confident in that I, I think we could see the titans or the chiefs um i'm gonna stay away from the bengals but <laughs> i don't know the, the afc at joe shiesty baby the AFC somehow doesn't – I know we said maybe on some other shows that we felt the AFC was weaker this year. 
Uh, it doesn't really feel like that anymore. Um, I think I think uh, once the halfway mark of the season hit, that was just a complete switch of NFC looked great, AFC was a shit show, NFC went shit. I shouldn't say the NFC is bad, though. I, I wouldn't say the NFC is bad, but if you look at the comparison of team record of two... The competitiveness between teams, even yeah, it, I think maybe the dropped a lot. The better word for it might just be parity. Like it was more justifiable to see an AFC team with a lower record just because of it. How it tight. did. It did feel hard to. Yeah. I mean, I, even right now, it feels hard just because the Packers were so consistent compared to everyone else, and yeah. people are saying that the Packers kind of feel like a guarantee. I am by no means saying that, but this year I don't know, football that's, was that's my thing. Packers very Bills. Very interesting. Um, I I mean maybe I'm just hoping for that Super Bowl, but Alex, who you got? I do want to touch. I do have the Bills making the Super Bowl this year out of the AFC because I'm going to give you one a reason why, kind of. Remember last year in the AFC Championship when the Bills lost to the Chiefs and they had that picture of Stephon Diggs watching the championship yep. like ceremony? That might be like a lot of – what's the word I'm looking for? Like, Yeah, like, a, like he's holding a grudge, like that kind of thing. But – I got the Bills coming out of the AFC and out of the NFC. I am going to have the Packers just because I don't really ever want to bet against Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think that Stafford has that kind of clutch gene in him that we didn't really see with the Lions. He hasn't won a playoff game yet, but he's up 14 to nothing right now. Last time I checked on the Cardinals. So I'm not sure about that, but I just don't think Stafford is, has what it takes to take them to the Super Bowl. I mean, I think he's a, He's a great quarterback, but nothing against him. But yeah, for the Rams, that was this was their year to try to go all in. I just don't think they will be able to do that. And then with the AFC, the only reason I'm choosing the Bills to come back is because do we know if Derrick Henry is going to be fully healthy or not by the time he comes back? And if if let's say the Bills run into the Titans or something, there's no way that I don't think the Bills with their maximum air raid offense that they've absolutely just dismantled the Bill Belichick-led Patriots with last week are going to go down. So I've got Packers-Bills, and I've got Packers winning the Super Bowl. Uh, holy bad takes, boys. Uh, that, is, <laughs> that is brutal. Um, I mean, you know me. Uh, when it comes to the NFL, I will be the first to say that I probably don't know ball that well, which, you know, whatever. Uh, that happens. So I'm just going to be an agenda pusher. Uh, you know me, number one Packers hater from Hudson, Wisconsin, basic, basically in Minnesota my whole life. Uh, I am going to take whoever wins the Bills-Chiefs game out of the AFC. I think that's pretty easy. Now, that's a bit vague because that's probably what everybody's going with. Um, so I'm going to say Bills. I, I'm going to stop you there. I, a lot of people are riding the Bengals train right now, and well, I think Well, I think people just want the Bengals. The Bengals have become a, a love team. I'm not completely sold on the Bengals, but that's fine. You know, I think I've come around a little bit on them the last couple of weeks. Also, uh, for me personally, you know me as an agenda setter. Uh, I want to officially apologize to Joe Burrow because I, I, the agenda that he is Alex Smith that has been pushed by me and many others uh, is dead, completely dead. Uh Burrow's having himself a great season, so I don't want to take that away from him anymore. Uh, Joe Shiesty and all these nicknames are still annoying, uh, but he's still a great quarterback, or at least a quarterback that looks to be great. Um, for me personally, like, I think I've been saying Bills a lot, but my gut keeps telling me the Chiefs, so maybe I'm going to go back and forth on that. Uh, who knows, I guess, at this point. Um, so maybe tentatively I say Chiefs. I guess it's hard for me to count up Patrick Mahomes, but it's really difficult to make the Super Bowl three times in a row, especially with how hot the Bills are. So 
that's up in the air for me. I guess Chiefs right now, but you know, I, I am I am devoiding myself of responsibility by being wishy-washy and sitting on the fence. Uh, in terms of the NFC, whoever wins the what I'm assuming is the Rams Bucks matchup is going to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't care if the Rams upset the Bucks. Uh, I don't care who the Packers play. They're going to lose in the NFC Championship game. Not only because me saying that helps me sleep at night, but that's been the case about the last four times. So uh, I'm going to take probably Bucks Bills or Bucks Chiefs most likely. Um, and now that I said that out loud, you know what? I'm going to lock in Bucks Bills because I don't like repeat Super Bowls and they rarely ever happen. So Bucks Bills is my uh, prediction right now. But if the Rams upset the Bucks next week, or hell, even if the Cardinals do, I'm I'm picking them over the I know, I know Jules is kind of looking at us. I know he's the host, but I know Jules has got something to say. Yeah, Jules has got so. something to say. So I'm going to just say my piece, and we'll move on to topic number three for Let's Talk. But you guys are missing the you guys are missing the best Super Bowl matchup right here. God damn it. It's going to be Niners-Bengals. You're going to say that, aren't you? It's going to be. No, why would it be Bengals? If the Niners beat the Packers in the divisional, by the way, just on record, I will be happy as a clam. So that's fine with me if they do that. I just don't think they I'll will. I'll tell you guys right now. I am a out-of-the-box, love for football, make the most random sh- shit up, see what happens. Because if it happens, that'd be awesome that I called it. We are going to have, and I, my friend from the future told me this, a Titans 49ers Super Bowl. And it's going to be amazing. Now, this is a show where we all look at each other like we're crazy even when we're not recording. But you got to be out of the box sometimes. And right now I'm feeling still on the Titans after four weeks. Way out of the box. After I laughed you out of the room when you said Titans. And I'm still listen, in, we're I, still I'm going to let it go. Fact. I'm going to let it slide because he said it's random. And, you know, he's pulling it out of the Trust box. Trust me, dude. I'm miles out of the box right now with this. Listen, if I But can, in five weeks. Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy a, Garoppolo in a Super Bowl would be hilarious for five minutes until you sit down and watch it. And then it would just be bad. Yeah. It'd be hilarious to watch. And that's why I want it to It's happen. like Trent Dilfer versus Jeff Garcia in 2000. Or so Joe Flacco that, and Colin Kaepernick. We are like, the show with get, the worst. It doesn't get worse. We are the show with the worst hot takes other than ESPN. So we're going to move on to topic number three of Let's Talk, Stanley Cup contenders. As of this very moment, Alex, Kyle, Brian, let's hear it. All right. So I, I'm going to pull this up real quick. I wonder who I he's going to say. He's Con- thinking about the Predators Con- right now. Look contrary to popular belief, the Preds are tied 2-2 two two with the Blues right now as I'm talking, so I'm not exactly happy about that. But as I am speaking right now, my favorite to win the Stanley Cup is down to three teams. The Florida Panthers. Okay. They're top in the Eastern Conference. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights. No. Here I'll let you finish. Hear me out. So Florida Panthers have kind at least they've exceeded my expectations so far this season. They've been unreal. I mean, Jonathan Huberdeau, Alexander Barkov, all those guys. Sergei Bobrovsky having an emergence in his new Home in Florida, the Lightning are always good. They're trying to go for a three-peat this year. No Anthony Duclair in your mention of the Panthers. I Sad. For, sometimes I forget that number 91 there in Florida exists. But Is he yeah, still wearing 91 or is he, he wearing 10? I can't answer that question. I, I thought he changed his number. 91 in Columbus, yeah. but I'm not sure about that. But He's um, changed his number a few times, so I don't know. The reason that I have the Golden Knights as high as I do is because they are doing all that they've done without Max Pacioretty without Mark Stone for half of the season, who is arguably one of their best players, and Jack Eichel's not on their team yet. 
Eichel. Jack Eichel. But I'm just saying, Jack Eichel is a difference maker. He was when Buffalo when he was with Buffalo, they at least were a 500 team. This year, Buffalo has been far and wide the worst NHL team. Yeah, it's because Jeff Skinner plays for them, and he's <laughs> on like some massive. Are you deal. saying that the Sabers are the worst? It, NHL no, it's the, team. it's the Canadians, and it's not even close. They lost five to two to the Coyotes today, by the way. The Canadians did. Go Yotes. Go Yotes, baby. Oh, yeah, the Canadians are 7-25. and 25 and the, future, the future Houston Coyotes. Although I can see the argument for the Sabres because they play If, if you want to say the past three years, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Look, the Pacific Division isn't that great of a hockey division in general. But No, you don't say? So that's why you the don't Golden pick Knights the Knights. The Golden Knights sit 23-14-2 right now with 48 points in their division. So they're up on the LA Kings, who have been also outperforming uh, my expectations this season as well, who have 45 points. The Ducks are no longer in second? No, the okay. Kings are. Just making sure. Yeah, no problem. It's So the Golden Knights come into this season. W- their best player far and right now is Chandler Stevenson, who was a Washington Capitol for the longest time. He won the Stanley Cup with them when they beat the Golden Knights a couple of years ago. Yep. Jonathan Marchessault leads the team in goals. He's also not playing right now. He's been on COVID for the last two weeks. Lightning legend Jonathan Marchessault. <laughs> Seth Jones get out of COVID protocol before anyone else. What yeah. a world where we live in. But yeah, I, I just have I have the Golden Knights as my top pick. I wanted to put the Preds up there, but I haven't seen anything that makes them far like I haven't seen anything that makes them stand out among everybody. They just have good goaltending and they just have a solid all around play, but I don't know. I'll just hit it over to whoever's next, I guess. Um I I know Brian was gonna he doesn't agree with me when I say this, but I think the Avalanche are up there. They have a lot of talent on their team. And the Darcy Kemper issue is a very big one. But I don't think Darcy Kemper is going to be their goalie coming in to the playoffs. That's, I, a, that's a huge assumption, Kyle. Yeah, I, I'm guessing. I mean, that's, that's what we're doing right now. Uh, I think you put the Lightning up there. It's, I mean, it's the Lightning. They've won two in a row. If not Kemper, then who? Someone they trade for. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's Flurry. I, I. It's tough it's, to trade in division. I guess. As it's trending right now, Honestly, Mark Andre Flurry. Honestly, do you hope is, it's Flurry with just getting him out of Chicago? Listen, I, if we trade Flurry, I want the best load for it. I mean, that's uh, whoever it is, it, it's a one-year deal. He's not going to be there forever. I mean, no offense to Chicago, but he definitely deserves better. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think my third team, just because I picked them last year and I said, oh, wouldn't it be funny if the Hurricanes won? I'm taking the Hurricanes right now. They're playing They're playing really good right now. Uh, Shvechnikov, he's great. And, uh, there's just, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking on names right now, but I'm taking the Canes just because I want to. Um, I think the easiest sort of layup pick, and I, I really don't care what seed they are in the playoffs, I think the Lightning have to be your favorites going into it. Uh, it's really difficult for me to argue against guys like Kucherov, Stammer, uh, and Vasilevsky. Um, and I'm forgetting names by just saying those three. Braden Point, you know. Yeah, like Point, Head Headman, yep. McDonough. Like, it, that Lightning team is loaded, and I don't care if they finish below the Panthers. I think they're a favorite. Second team, probably the Panthers. I have huge questions about Sergei Bobrovsky in the playoffs. I think Spencer Knight's going to have to step up later in the season here, uh, which is a huge, huge assumption. So my safe team right now has to be the Lightning. In terms of third team, uh, it's a little bit difficult. I think the Canes are up there uh, for sure. Uh, the Canes have been absolutely right, Even the Rangers, maybe. Yeah, I was, I was the Rangers have the Rangers. great goaltending. Um, yeah, you said uh, something about Spencer Knight. Remember, he started most of the playoff games that the Panthers yeah. had in the, the season last now, year, Now, not a great sample size from Spencer Knight. He did not play that well. But granted, he was a rookie, still is a rookie, technically, by Calder standards. So um, I, I, I totally... I totally uh, understand people picking the Panthers, and I agree with them as probably my number two team. Gosh, uh, imagine telling somebody from the 80s that some of the best teams in the 2020s would be from the Southeast. 
uh, in hockey. Crazy. That'd be wild. Um, for the three-team, um, I think you have to consider the Avalanche. You have to consider the Hurricanes. As much as it pains me to consider the Avalanche, I think you should. Uh, although the Wild would probably eliminate them in a Game 7 again for no reason. Uh, listen, I, I hate to be like this. Uh, and A lot of things have to swing their way in order uh, for this to happen. But I'm not saying that they're the third team. I think this is more like a fifth team for me, a sixth team. But consider the Maple Leafs. They don't have the defensive core to get to the Stanley Cup final. I'm going to say that right now. They probably don't even have the defensive core to comfortably get past the second round or third round or whatever. So I think the Leafs are interesting. I think the Avs are interesting. And I think the Hurricanes are interesting. In terms of a third team, it's really difficult. I'm not picking Vegas. Uh, ever since Vegas made that Stanley Cup final, they haven't been able to replicate their success uh, in terms of getting it done and getting back to the final. So I think the two teams that are definite are the Lightning and the Panthers, and everything else is wide open for me personally. That's just me, though. And I do have to add the Rams just scored a third touchdown up 22-0. I don't think Rodgers wants any smoke with Aaron Donald in the NFC Championship game. I'm going to be honest with you. Kyler Murray threw a pick six for them, the third touchdown, by the way. Oh, Packers. man, the Cardinals were a Super Bowl favorite just six weeks ago. It's crazy. Well, they injury, injuries are tough. Maybe. Injuries are tough. When you lose D-hop. D-Hop and Kyler at the same time. From well, Kyle, you're doing a little bit of revisionist history with that because a healthy Cardinals team for the first 12 weeks of the season was the best team in football. Oh, no doubt. So I mean, I don't know. I It's fine. I, we're not going to debate about this. No, right no, no, that's no. a topic for another time. And with that, a fun noise we'll start to hear. End of period one. Might have to fix that uh horn for later a little bit quiet might have to uh. find a different one not bad but we're going on to period number two we have segment number two and period number two three stars of the week all you got to do i don't care what the sport i don't care what the name you tell me your three stars i don't even care if they're valid i just want to know what they did and why they're your star i want to hear brian what do you got for me uh my first star has to be the man on campus in Spokane, Washington. Whoa. Um, or wait, is it Oregon? Shoot, now I'm blanking. Anyways, the man on campus at Spokane, and that is at the kennel in terms of a more specifically on the court floor, and that is Drew Timmy, senior forward for the Gonzaga Bulldog, or excuse me, junior forward, my apologies. It just feels like he's a senior. Drew Timmy has been around for a very, very long time. The six foot ten junior from Richardson, Texas. Man, going from Texas up to the Northwest is interesting. But hey, he's had a fantastic week. Uh, just last night, uh, or excuse me, not last night, just this last Saturday. My apologies. Uh, he scored thirty two points, had eight rebounds, uh, had a block and an assist. Uh, he shot fourteen for eighteen from the field, which is good for seventy seven percent, and one for two from three. Low usage, high efficiency, fifty percent. Coin flip. Uh, from the tray, and he shot three for five from the free throw line, so not great. Um, but the guy is an inside scorer through and through. And man, you want a masterclass of how good he was on the inside? Take a look at last Thursday's game against BYU. 30 points in 28 minutes played, 13 for 14 from the field. The only shot he missed was the lone three point shot that he took. So 13 of 13 inside the arc, and he went four for four from the charity stripe. Drew Timmy, have yourself a week with the second best team, in my opinion, uh, in terms of college basketball, Gonzaga Bulldogs. My second star has to be the NHL's third star 
of the week, Nikita Kucherov. I just mentioned the Lightning as my Stanley Cup favorite. Kuch is back to mid-season form or maybe even postseason form if you want to put it that way. Starts off strong last Tuesday with a win against Buffalo. Six to one, he had a hat trick. Three goals, no assists, but hey, if you got three goals, don't necessarily need to worry about assists or any sort of other uh, ways of producing points on seven shots. Three goals on seven shots. Absolutely insane. Kucherov had a, had a great game against a reeling Buffalo Sabres squad and then against Dallas and Vancouver on Thursday and Saturday. He had two assists in each game. Four shots, no goals, but two assists. Uh, Kucherov is a dangerous player always throughout the calendar, but man, when he starts to heat up in the middle of the season and towards the end of the season, he is really, really dangerous. Kucherov is a guy that is not only uh, on my watch just for the rest of the regular season, but he's on my Con Smythe watch. Uh, absolutely. I think uh, Cooch could definitely win a Con Smythe. Uh, third star, got to be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, eliminating the Pittsburgh Steelers with five touchdowns, 404 passing yards, just a hair under 77% completion percentage. Uh, the guy was just absolutely fantastic. A passer rating of 1383. Uh, Patrick Mahomes doing the deed that I wanted him to do so badly, and that's eliminate the Steelers from the playoffs. But it's not about the other team that lost. It's about Patrick Mahomes having a masterclass of a game, being responsible for five of Kansas City's six touchdowns, and Kansas City is on to the divisional to have a rehash with the Buffalo Bills. Those are my three stars of the week. Drew Timmy, Nikita Kucherov, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm gonna cha- I know we talked about this a little earlier, so I'm going to quickly change mine up. Uh, my first star of the week is Ja Morant. Yeah, that's uh, a good Monster choice. week. Uh, they beat the Bulls. Uh, they beat the Warriors, and the Warriors were still had Curry out at the time, so that win means no offense to the Timberwolves last night. Uh, no, that's fine. But uh, so just come with the, some of the stats against Golden State, 29 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. Against Minnesota, 16 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. Against Dallas, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. And then against Chicago, 25 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, put himself in the MVP conversation this week. I know a lot of that was... Heating up. So. Ooh, MVP conversation. He's not the MVP, by the way, but he's in the conversation. Which L plus ratio plus Jokic better. I plus touch grass. <laughs> can't disagree with that, but he's my first star of the week. We're just talking about weeks that guys are having. Um, my uh, my second one. It's Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, Monster week. I don't have stats pulled up, but probably but he had no, a nine five yeah, north percentage. of a nine five, and it just went up today with a great performance against the Kraken. Uh, only Blackhawk player to show up today. Um, and then my third star of the week, I'm going to cheat a little bit, uh, Brian DeBull, the offensive coordinator of the <laughs> Buffalo, Bill, uh, Buffalo Bills. I mean, what can you say? Well, like Jules said earlier. Future Vikings coach Brian DeBull. What would Jules say? Perfect foot, perfect offensive game? First ever um, against a Bill Belichick defense in a playoff game. Are you kidding me? Come on. That deserves a star of the week, my even if it's the Vikings third one. Vikings need to call the Bills front office right now. So, again, my three stars of the week, John Morant, Marc-Andre Fleur, and Brian DeBull. Dable. Dable. Is it Dable? It's Dable. Thank you. It's a great segue into my third star, who happens to be Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Uh, in that game against the Patriots where they knocked uh, New England out of the playoffs, he had a 98.5 QB rating, 84% completion percentage, 308 passing yards, and five total touchdowns. So I don't think there's a lot you can really argue with on that point. Number two, I'm going to have to go with Timo Meyer of the San Jose Sharks after scoring five goals today. He also had two assists in their last game. He's having a great, like a subtly great year for the San Jose Sharks who haven't been having a great season. First time All-Star, correct? Yeah, I believe, yeah. I believe so. 
Well deserved, by the way. Was it him his first game he scored four goals, or was that Logan yep. Couture? No, it was, it was, was Timo it Meyer. Was it Timo? I remember that. I remember watching that game live. Mm-hmm. And then for my first start, not playing right now, but I'm going to have to go with Willie O'Ree of the Boston Bruins for getting his number retired for the Boston Bruins because he's the first NHL player to also break the color barrier. So I'm going to go ahead and put him as my first star as this one as well. Not bad. Jules, you got some stars? Honestly, I got a quick, simple. All the names were already said other than one. Patrick Mahomes at number one for me. Amazing. Obviously, in Arrowhead, very hard stadium to go and play in. But when you are the home team, it I was really going to say it helps when matter. you're the home team. <laughs> Obviously, Patrick Mahomes balling out like he does. Love the hair, by the way. From Pat, just got the curls going everywhere. He's got the mohawk, too. He looks like a baseball player. It's, yeah, it's like a it's like a just He's got like that 2012 mohawk. Bryce Harper hair right now yeah, without the yeah. curls. Which makes sense because he did play baseball and yeah. his dad was a pitcher, so. Shout out, Pat Patrick Mahomes. Well, Patrick Mahomes, well, the, the current one is second. Like Patrick Mahomes, the second. Yeah, they're both Patrick Mahomes. I found out it's only Junior if you have the exact full name, yep. and since they don't have the same middle name, it's just Mahomes second, second. But anyways, uh, number two, as Alex said, Josh Allen. What another wonderful game, and as Kyle said as well, I, I didn't even think of the point of doing that. I mean, obviously you said Dable, but. You, you got to even think just doing that against a Bill Belichick run defense, like ran defense. It's literally not heard of until yeah. yesterday or Thursday night or Saturday. Saturday. Saturday night. Yeah. Thank you. And then uh, I don't have the numbers pulled up on me right now, but Carl Anthony Towns absolutely balled out this week. Didn't score less in the past three games. Hasn't scored less than 20. Six points, I believe. Yeah, it was a bunch of twenty. It was a bunch of like twenty-five, twenty-six, high, and tens. High twenties, so. good amount of double-digit rebounds, yeah. good amount of assists. So, crazy week for him. Obviously, the Wolves are in their uh, phase where nobody knows what type of team they're deciding to be for their next game. Hey, they're, they're uh, firmly in a playing spot, so I'm happy with that. Hopefully, uh, they stay there for the rest of the season. If I have an honorary fourth star, and I feel bad for not putting him in. Let's hear it. Uh, but Nikola Jokic should get some uh, credit here on this podcast. Uh, Nikola Jokic this week has put up numbers such as this is going from points to rebounds to assists, by the way. 21-13-8, and 28-7, and 17-12-13, and, and 25-15-14. and 14. What a week from Nikola Jokic, your future back-to-back MVP of the NBA. Here it goes. Uh, that's just my opinion, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Jokic is in another stratosphere in terms of offensive efficiency. So, And that's the sound of period number two coming to an end. We're going to go into our last one. Let's debate. I have brought one topic to the table. I did make three. I'm going to give you guys about 30 seconds to pull whatever up you want, maybe 60 seconds to pull whatever up you want. Uh, But the topic you three will be debating today for the remainder of the show, which is about give or take 10 to 20 minutes, is going to be uh, in the NBA, six teams have 27 wins in the East Conference. Out of those six teams in the Eastern Conference, which one is the best? and will be the highest seed in the playoffs. Sorry, can you repeat that? So, in the Eastern Conference, NBA, there's six teams with 27 wins. Which one will be the highest seed in the playoffs? And as of right now, which one is the best? Give you guys a second here to do that. It's funny, they're all at 27 now, but... Just just in the East? Just in the East Conference. Are you sure it's six? I think it's five. 
the 76ers lost. The, no, never yeah, mind. the 76ers have 25 wins. Everybody else has 27. That's fine. Because it goes Chicago, Miami, Brooklyn, Cleveland, the Cavaliers. Oh, my goodness. Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Yep. So seed those six teams. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, who wants to start? Anyway, who, seed, who got seed started? those six teams, obviously playoff standard, and then uh, obviously as of just right now, which one is by far the best? So, yeah, we got Cavaliers. So, excuse me, just five teams, not six. So, Cavaliers, uh, Bucks, Heat, Nets, and Bulls. Who wants to start on that question? I'll st- I'll start quickly. Um, I don't know about seeding, but right now for me, the Bucks and the Nets are the teams to beat. Uh, they have proven track records. And uh, as sexy as the Bulls have been this year, they're the new team or, or whatnot. Um, some of their recent losses kind of just – they paint the picture. The Bucks beat the Nets. They're two 0 against the Nets this year. I will throw some respect on the Cavs' names. I don't think anyone saw him coming this year. Um, Evan Mobley, uh, is, I think he's probably the Rookie of the Year favorite right now. You could argue Cade Cunningham, but I mean, I don't know. The, the Cavs have been good. Uh, the Heat. I haven't watched enough Heat this this year. Um, that's a solid lineup all around. Me and Brian have talked about this a little bit before. Yeah, Kyle Lowry is on that team now. It's He's added some good depth to the point guard position for Miami. And the 76ers. Um, yeah, I'd, I've never bought the 76ers in Joel Embiid, so I'm not going to buy them now. But if I if I had to order them, I think I think since the Bulls are – they've kind of just – to me, they feel like a regular season team right now. I think the Bulls will keep the one seed. Uh, Nets two, Bucks three, uh, Cavs four, Bucks five – or Bucks four, Cavs five. 76ers, 6. Uh, and I think maybe the Hornets might even pass the 76ers. So that's, that's mine. I've just quickly mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Uh, I think the Heat will end with the one seed when it's all said and done in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Heat not only have a great uh, team built for the regular season, but they have a great team built for the playoffs. You take a look at their starting lineup and their wing depth, it's pretty insane. Uh, you got Victor Oladipo, Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Harrow all at a wing spot. And that that's just, like, mainly two-guard. Like, there can be other spots open for some other guys, too, uh, if it, you know, if need be. Like, P.J. Tucker is on this team. Caleb Martin, who was okay with the Hornets not too long ago, is also on this team. Uh, there's... There's so much talent on the squad. Uh, Jimmy Butler, too. Uh, Google has him listed as a power forward, which I think is hilarious because <laughs> he's he's a power forward in a shooting guard's body. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler is absolutely fantastic. Kyle Lowry's a great offensive motor. And, man, Bam Adebayo, when he's on the floor, yeah. he changes the way that that Heat team plays. Um, I think Bam is, is huge in terms um, of, you know, kind of getting this Heat team uh, back in terms of grabbing that one seat because Bam has been out recently. Uh, so when he comes back, he's going to be huge for him, uh, and I feel like uh, the Heat uh, can be can be a huge force. Uh, after th- after that, excuse me, I walked away from the mic there for a split second. Uh, Bucks and Nets, I think, are fighting for that two seed. Uh, it, it's difficult to kind of choose right now. It's tough to pass up on the Nets, but I think the Bucks, in terms of Giannis, uh, they've had a lot of success in the regular season. Um, there's also a lot of questions on if that big three of the Nets can even really stay together for a full season. Uh, maybe those are a bit unwarranted, but I have some questions about it personally. So the Bucks have a slight edge at that two seed right now. Um, and then I got Bulls four, Cavs five. 
Uh, love the Cavs. I love the story that they're putting on. Evan Mobley is going to win Rookie of the Year this year. Um, I think that's a d- discussion for later, isn't it? Yeah, so we'll get more into that later. But I think Evan Mobley is probably going to win Rookie of the Year this year. Uh, Darius Garland, excuse me, Darius Garland, my apologies, uh, is absolutely fantastic. Former Vanderbilt guard. And I think we talked about this like last night or a couple nights ago. Who goes to Vanderbilt for basketball? Uh, Darius Garland and uh, Aaron Neesmith, who hasn't been playing that well, but was a guy that I was high on a couple of years ago. But mainly Darius Garland, I think, is the is the alumnus that they're trotting out in terms of Vandy basketball. So Cavs are having a great year. I think they're a first-round exit, regardless of where they're seated, unfortunately. Uh, it's just kind of that way. I mean, unless they can grab like a one or a two seat, but that's not going to happen. So three, four, or five for the Cavs, I think they're a first-round exit. So I have the Cavs at the bottom of that power five. Uh, and then it's... So to reiterate, it's Heat, Bucks, Nets, Bulls, Cavs for me personally. Yeah, I mean, I've still got the Bulls first. I'm kind of high on the Bulls. I got an Alex Caruso jersey for Christmas. Just a shameless plug right there. I love Alex Caruso. I'm I'm a Lakers guy or I'm more of a LeBron guy for him. So I'm happy to see him doing well. But the Bulls are a fun team to watch. I mean, you look at that team, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, or I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing yeah, that correctly. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. But yeah, that Bulls team is very, very fun to watch. They're kind of cardiac kids. I remember like DeMar DeRozan hit like three straight games. He had a game winner and like a buzzer beater. So that was really fun to watch. So I got the Bulls staying first. I don't think they do well in the playoffs, but I feel like they keep that first seed. Then I've got the Bucks second because I don't know if it's a hot take or not to say Giannis is probably the best player in basketball right now. Yeah, it is because it's not Nikola Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, it's Nikola Jokic. Okay, well he's top. He's probably he's probably number two then in that list. You'd yeah, say, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So I got the Bucks too because the Bucks are always somewhat decent in the playoffs. Chris Middleton's always turning it on. The playoff Chris Middleton's a thing, not like playoff P or anything like that. But I got, so I got Bulls first, then Milwaukee second. I'm gonna keep Nets three. KD's out right now, and they just t- took a loss to Cleveland the other night. So, but. Cl- once again, KD was out, so I'm not going to give yeah. them like really the, the benefit of the doubt there. Then I'm going to go ahead and put Miami four, and then I'm going to put Cleveland five, just because I don't know how long Cleveland can keep this up. But it's it's going to be a fun time watching this uh, season go down the kind of the winding road because I'm I'm not that huge of an NBA guy, but I watch it whenever it's on, and it's it's kind of fun to watch. Like when uh you have these play in tournaments and you have these chances for teams to make statements but yeah i'm just looking forward to the rest of the season uh just a quick little note here on my heat pick bam Adebayo is back he had his first action in a loss to the 76ers last night where only put up 11 and 5 so once bam is back completely uh that heat team i think takes the one seed so that's that's the main padding for, <laughs> for my argument honestly I'm just going to say my one team on this it's one. It's the Bulls, isn't it? Be. Yeah, it is going to yeah. be the Bulls for me. Crazy. I, I'll tell you what, I've been riding them this whole year. I still have yet to see them fall to the place where they've been projected to fall. Is uh, is DeMar going to get MVP votes this year, probably? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but what do you have it, against it, DeMar DeRozan? It is what it is. I don't like the Bulls. I, All right, that's fair enough. I mean, I've never been one to ride the Bulls. I mean... As somebody who just loves to wear sports gear, I'm sure I've got a couple things in the closet. But you you got to look at a team that's just, to me, uh, as much as you said the Cavs are shocking you, I, I will admit I said the Bulls were going to be a playoffs team, but I wasn't expecting them to be doing this well as of right now myself. But we are going to move on from that. We do have about another 10 minutes for one more debate topic. Uh, I've got two on my screen, so I'm just going to go ahead and pick one of them here. 
I know uh, which one you want to pick. And as much as I am, you want to rile me and Brian up. What are you thinking? The last one or the first one? The first one. First one? Yeah. So we're going to go with the first one. I want to know, because it is debate, I want to hear some arguments here. uh, Because today, that is actually how our Stanley Cup will be decided. Uh, No, I'm just joking. (laughs) That will only ever be decided by who the puck is that. Uh, But I want to hear some arguments about uh, who the best quarterback in the NFL 18-week season, 17 games per team quarterback was from this season. Uh, I want to hear in order Kyle, Brian, and Alex. Just this to start, I'm fun. intrigued to see what Alex says, but for me it's Tom. It's not Tom Brady. It's Aaron Rodgers. This I, is going to be fun. Li- listen, I, he's going to win the MVP. <laughs> um, you're an idiot if you if you think he's not. Uh, whether that's right or not, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think – We've all kind of said in this room before it should be Jonathan Taylor, but I, I think Brady is probably the what Brian might say. I don't I don't know. You want to confirm that quick? I don't I don't know, dog. I think I Brady know. is the main argument. A lot of people are saying, and you can pull up all the nerd stats and say, oh, his PFF grade was better, but who cares? But nobody PFF. listens to no, PFF. No nerd is willingly pulling up PFF stats. Listen, uh, when it comes some of the stats that Rogers has Brady let in, except for yards, the yardage is the big argument. Uh, Brady has what twelve hundred more yards or so. Uh, uh, Aaron has a higher completion percentage, higher yards per attempt, higher touchdown percentage, higher inter- lower interception percentage, a better touchdown interception radio ratio, and a passer rating that's almost 10 points higher than Tom Brady. Uh, it's absurd if you think Tom Brady had a better season than Aaron Rodgers. Um, you're delusional. Um, I, I don't know if I have anything else to add. I guess if I was going to defend Tom Brady, uh, let me see. What do, what do we have here? I have a bunch of nerd stats. He's up. 40. That's it. Um. He's 44. Oh, however. 5,316 yards compared to Aaron's 4,100. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something to look at. Yardage means something. Uh, that They're more of a pass offense than the Packers. He played two more games, two and a half more games, I guess, if you consider the half that Aaron did Is, play. Are the Buccaneers a more of a pass offense than yeah. the Packers? Yes. Not yep. by much. Yeah, it's not, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's not by much. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess you're Tom right. Brady had the second best uh, passing protection this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had the eleventh. I'm just defending Aaron again. Uh, let me let me try to find something on here. Um, keep keep in mind, you don't have to defend Tom. I just want to know. I don't care about stats. I don't care about record. I don't care about anything. I want from your personal mind alone, from this 2021-22 season who the best overall quarterback was. I don't care if it's the comeback story. I don't care if it's the overcomings. I don't care if it's a rookie that shouldn't have been doing this well. Who is your best quarterback? Okay, I'm going to just quickly go circle back. It's Aaron Rodgers. Um, we talked a lot about the Packers' consistency this year. When you look at stats at the end of the year, they're usually averages. When he leads in all those stats, like completion percentage, and I don't even Brian likes to paint the picture that Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw the ball downfield. He does more than Brady according to yards per attempt. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I can do to convince does you. Does yards per attempt account for receivers running with the football? It's yards per attempt. It's where yeah, you, but that's completing it's yards. You, that's not. You, that doesn't take away yards after the catch. It's where you throw the football. It's yeah, where yards it's, per it's attempt where it's is how, it's where the ball lands at. Yeah. I thought it was just calculating the. That's total just, yards, that's just yards per, per pass. That would be yards per completion. Yeah, that'd be yard, that'd be yak. No, I thought that was the total attempts, and then how many yards it comes down to. 
Maybe. I, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. The entire Rodgers case falls under the idea that lower usage is better for quarterbacks. Just because Rodgers threw less means that he's a better quarterback. That's not true. Listen, like I said with like I said with Tom Brady, I, I'm not faulting him for. I mean, they they had the ball more than the Packers. They ran more plays. I, I'm not faulting him for throwing for five thousand plus yards. It was a great season, but when you throw what like twelve more picks, uh, you fumble the ball more, uh, less lower completion percentage. I don't understand how you can fault Aaron Rodgers for not throwing the ball more. Uh, it's an eight interception difference. Is it? Yes. Wh- whatever it is. Well, it's almost double digits, so it doesn't matter. And uh, the fumbles is Brady fumbled one more time, which usually I, the fumbles aren't a great stat because that's probably usually an offensive line thing with veteran QBs. Um, and I, I know I've been a big defender of passer rating. I like it better than QBR. But a nine-point difference for Aaron is, um, I don't know, it paints the picture for me. But maybe I'm being a homer. But I'd like to think I'm using my brain by looking at some numbers and <laughs> using my eyes. So I'm just interested to see what you guys have to say because Brian, Alex, you guys want to go next? Some people just want to watch the world burn. You can go next, Alex. No, I, I want to listen to these these two things before I say my pick because I think I might upset some of you people. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Between you and me, Kyle, this is kind of a tired debate, isn't it? Because I'm, yeah. I'm just an anti-Rogers kind of guy. Um, I, I guess you can, you can take my opinion with a grain of salt because I'm a very anti-Rogers person. Uh, I feel like that's very well known. Um, I listen. I I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. Uh, watching Rogers play doesn't really feel like he's throwing the ball uh, out that much. Uh, I don't know exactly what the yards per attempt is measuring in terms of. I think you are right on that. By the way, your logic makes more sense than me and Alex's. But yeah, because if it was just where the ball lands, there's no way that a quarterback only has seven. I feel like there's a better stat for it. Um, so it's not accounting for yards after the catch. And in that case, when you have uh, guys like Devontae Adams, and not that Valdez Scantling is a quality wide receiver, but he's got some burners on him. Um, I feel like if there's a stat that can maybe level the playing field a little bit, that might be a better use. Uh, listen, I, I feel like throwing more touchdowns and throwing for more yards, in my opinion, is, is a little bit more important. Um, not that... Not necessarily that Rodgers needs to be punished for his scheme, but I think Brady needs to be rewarded for the fact that he was used more. Um, I feel like Brady was more of a nucleus to that offense than Rodgers was to the Packers' offense. Not saying that Rodgers isn't the nucleus, but the Rodgers have, or excuse me, the Packers uh, have a great running game. Uh, I feel like Brady is the best quarterback in football. Yeah, right wait, now. I'm sorry, but I know great, maybe great running games a little bit too much. They both do. I, Leonard Fournette was fantastic this year, and I. You can shake it all you want. It's not in the lead. I'm sorry, but neither offense. neither is Aaron Jones. I'm sorry. He's AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon was was great this year, and I know we all joked in this friend group that I was Aaron Jones was on my fantasy team this year. Full disclaimer. And until I picked up Aaron Jones off of waivers, I, w- I was probably the biggest uh, AJ Dillon hater on earth because he was taking my fantasy points away. So I'm gonna maybe make a little bit of an exit here, um, but in terms of watching on the field. Talent-wise, if I if I'm looking at it with my eyes, it's not Brady or Rodgers. It's Patrick Mahomes. Talent-wise, yes. Yeah, and I, I feel like I feel like in terms of uh, taking a look at it from just from an eye perspective, I I feel like we I feel like 
we as NFL fans, uh, and I know that Kyle, you said that you were us- watch you were using your eyes for this, so I'm not gonna. I'm not I gonna mean, at the same time, I watch every single Packer game, and I've s- no, seen just and about every well, throw. What I'm trying to clarify here year. is I'm not gonna try and discount your eyesight because I'm sure that you you know plenty about you know Aaron Rodgers and how he plays. But when I watch Patrick Mahomes play, I mean, this is a guy who. The only other player that I can think of that makes similar plays is Josh Allen. And Rodgers makes those plays, too. I'm not trying to. But in terms of as a consistent basis, I think Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback in football. In terms of production this year, I'll take Brady over Rodgers. But uh, in terms of just the ability to throw the football and how good the guy is, and I know he's helped out a lot by a great offensive scheme, but, man, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, and he will be for quite a while. And I think it will be between him and Josh Allen for the foreseeable future. 100% 100% agree with that last part. Not Brady and they're the future uh, of the NFL. Aaron it's just annoying. It's just annoying that Rodgers acts like he's being persecuted for his beliefs when that's just not true. Um, I, I don't care what some losers on a podcast, uh, some losers on a YouTube video, some losers on Twitter say. Media members love Aaron Rodgers. They will defend him until he retires and probably pass that. So I don't care if people don't like that he didn't get vaccinated or whatever the hell he's going to complain about wearing a cancel culture hoodie. Um, This obviously has nothing to do with football, so this is not my case against Aaron Rodgers. But I think the thing that annoys me the most about Aaron is just he's going to win a second straight MVP, which that's going to happen. There's no He's going to win the MVP. Um, Do I agree with it? Eh, I've I've even said before, I think Jonathan Taylor was the most valuable player. The wheels on his case came off. The thing thing with that is, is if if your team misses the playoffs, you're automatically disqualified, which sucks, but it's just the way it is. I don't care. Jonathan Taylor dragged Carson Wentz's course corpse through an 18 game season I think Carson Wentz so, had a terrible season Alex we need to get to your point right now before the buzzer sounds so Kyle and I have been eating up a lot of this time <laughs> as a Broncos fan myself it has to be Patrick Mahomes because I watch him torch my defense twice every year and I hate every second of it and I try to avoid those games with every single part of my being but here's my philosophy who which quarterback in the NFL would I like to have on my team the most it, it's far and away I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes I know that you're not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins Brian I know that Kyle loves Aaron Rodgers, but... On the field, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Yeah. Please make that clear. I got a question for you, Kyle. Would you rather have Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback of the Packers, or would you rather have, Pat, or would you rather well, have Aaron Rodgers? If you're looking at three-plus years and you want a team to carry, like a, a guy to carry you to the Super Bowl, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes because he's going to play for longer than Aaron Rodgers. If you give me one season, I don't know who I'm taking. I honestly don't, and I don't think you can go wrong. It's Patrick Mahomes. But let me tell you right now, I want to know the answer to this based off of this scenario. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, both 24 years old. It's Patrick Mahomes every day. Both the exact same skill set right now. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. It's Patrick Mahomes. Aaron, he's he's grown up a little bit, and he's played better football as he's gotten older. Listen, my, my main gripe with that question right now, other than the age difference, is Aaron, he gets comfortable with people on his teams, and I think if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Packers right now, the Packers wouldn't be any more successful than they are with Aaron Rodgers. That The connection that Aaron that. has with his players, which is unfathomable well, yeah, there's a reason he's not that, a great there's person. There's a reason that Devontae Adams says that he's going to go if Aaron Rodgers goes. Exactly. But then at the same time, the connection that Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes had, Aaron Rodgers isn't replicating in one season. Can Aaron Rodgers find an open Travis Kelsey? I'm sure he can. And can Patrick Mahomes find an open Devonta Adams? Absolutely. But it's it's irreplaceable what those guys have. The chemistry is something that it's debated about. It's it's hard to put value on, but it's a real thing. 
and I, that's that's my gripe with the question. Yeah, final final decision, Patrick Mahomes all day for me. That's all. I'd say that was a great uh, discussion discussion topic to end the show, don't you guys? Yeah, and once we head into OT in future weeks, it'll be very fun. Uh, overtime, we're uh, we're definitely gonna go look back after this episode and kind of find some parts where we we'll can we'll either cut some things down, cut, here, cut yeah. some things down. Maybe not necessarily uh, talk as much in certain parts because we all know it's everybody's favorite game. Who the puck is that? We're not playing today. It will be back next week. Uh, and betting odds are coming back. Betting next week. odds as well will be next back next week. We hope you guys liked the new segment layout and uh, having Alex on the show. And a uh, couple things I would like to just mention before we walk away for the night is if you guys have any types of suggestions, questions, anything you'd like to let us know, tell us about, have any ideas for the show, maybe even some stuff you'd want us to talk about on the show, feel free to DM us. Uh, direct message, um, Instagram, do we even have any Twitter? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll figure it out. I think Instagram's probably the best way Instagram's to going to be now. the best way to get us right now. We obviously will tag everything that we can at sports go, or sports ball go and Puck. As simple as that, type it in a search bar. You'll be able to find us. Um, as well as that, if you'd like to shoot us an email, no guarantee we'll see it. It is uh, sportsballgo and puckbusiness at gmail.com. And with that, we all would love to say thank you all for tuning in, listening to episode number 10, Double Digits, guys. Woo. Love to have you all on the show. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful day.